Welcome to Marketing Thought Leadership, the podcast that offers insightful discussions on thought-provoking marketing topics. Here's the host of our show, marketing consultant, speaker, author, and educator, and the president of Leverage 2 Market Associates, Linda Popke. Hi, this is Linda Popke, and welcome to our next episode of Marketing Thought Leadership. I'm here today with Malcolm DeLeo, who is a passionate innovator who relishes the challenge of being a change agent. Currently, he's the chief evangelist at Mountain View, California-based NetBait Solutions, which is a SaaS solution company that uses a natural language processing engine to read billions of conversations from millions of social media sources. Malcolm's a subject matter expert in the area of applying social media to build the marketplace for this powerful new consumer data source. He's been the global vice president of innovation at Damon Worldwide, and he spent 10 years at the Clorox company managing partnerships with technology companies, developing innovation processes, and building new innovation infrastructure. So welcome, Malcolm. Hi, how are you? It's nice to be here. Very good. Thank you. So tell me, you say you're an evangelist. What is the role of chief evangelist, and what does that mean to you? Well, it's kind of funny. Uh, when they gave me that title, because it's such a strange title, I honestly didn't know what it meant. I, I often would laugh about it. In fact, even when I introduce myself in most meetings, I kind of say, you know, I'm the chief evangelist. I have no idea what that means, but that's the name they gave me. So it always breaks the tension because I think a lot of people wonder. But over time, um, I've spent a great uh, deal of of time thinking about it, actually. And the chief evangelist is a very important role. Um, the way I kind of see it is we're kind of like the chief technical officer of the marketplace. So your chief technical officer in most software companies is very focused on developing the technology, making sure it works. Well, as the chief evangelist, we're out in the field working with both co uh, customers that, we, uh, that are existing customers as well as those in the sales cycle to um, help them uh, to help our, uh, our company see what people care about, what use cases are of value to them, and how to best apply the technology to their business problems. It's kind of like a consultant that works all over the company. In my role, I have the opportunity to work with our product group. I have the opportunity to work with our marketing function. Uh, I work with the sales function. I work with the services function. And try to report out across all those different places, um, you know, where the company can go, how we can apply the technology to be successful, and essentially, as I, as I said in my bio, how, how we can grow the marketplace. Um, it's a very important role that I've come to love, actually, because I've never done the job before, because I get to meet so many people across so many different parts of you know, the business world, from media to CPG to um, even like restaurants and retail. You name it, I've probably talked to them. And being able to assimilate all that information um, into kind of a tangible strategy from an application perspective for the company is a critical part of being successful. That's excellent. So you're kind of all over the place. Pretty, yeah, that's the funny part is you're supposed to, you know, they, they kind of tell you you're all over the place, but that's sort of your role and your ability to take all those pieces and bring them together into something tangible and strategic to help the company move forward is a critical part of the job. That's great. So tell me, how does that fit into this world of social media that you're involved with now? Absolutely. So um, I got, actually got involved with NetBase as a customer, and it's kind of funny. I, uh, I found the idea of using doing social media analysis back in about 2006 when I worked for the Clorox company. Um, I was working in a group that was in charge of building technology strategy, and this new technology came across my desk around being able to kind of hear what consumers were saying online 
And it just made sense because in the world of consumer packaged goods, uh, one spends a great amount of time planning and executing, you know, in-home you know, in-home uh, interviews, mall intercept studies, all these other things. And, and when you're sitting there and someone says, you mean I can sit behind my desk and hear what everybody's saying? It was very, very interesting and attractive. Right. So I spent a good part of my, uh, five, those five years since kind of figuring out how to apply that within the business landscape. I spent a lot of time in there. Um, so where I fit in now is, uh, and where our company fits in, is really around the idea of being able to pull, right? In social media, there's two things. There's marketing, which is what the content we push out to get people to listen to what we have to say. We work on the pull side of the market, meaning we can help you listen and understand what they're saying so that when you go out with your marketing message, you can push it out much more effectively. And there's many, many use cases that that can be used with. You can do it with issues management, if you have a crisis, if you're doing new product development, if you want to do competitive assessment, I mean, 10 years ago, it was impossible to do research on your competitors without spending tons and tons of money. With social media analytics and social media enterprise listening, you're able to do that pretty much from your backyard in front of your computer now. So there's a lot of things that we do, but in particular, it's pulling, pulling information so we can help you understand what people are saying. That's fascinating, and, and there's so many people that are trying to help us do that now, and there's so many tools every time we turn around. There's a new tool. There's a new way to both um, to both participate in the whole social media world and a new way to listen. So, how do you see this whole listening market start to mature and come together? Because right now, there, it just seems like you can listen to tools and 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 look at what's going on, but there's there's just a, a, a huge choice of options out there. Absolutely. So, I mean, it's very interesting. Um, you know, I've written some blog posts on this, and again, assimilating everything you learn. What I've realized in the listening market, there's really four key things that you should be thinking about when you're uh, when you're when you're, someone brings a, a new system or t tool to you. There's really like the features. You know, what features does it have? Can it measure this? Can it show me this? Can it express the data this way or that? There's the content, which is is it in multiple languages? Do you um, are you able to get every single tweet that's ever been you know published? Can you get the history? How far back can your data go? Then there's accuracy, which is okay. I have all this data. How accurate is it? If I'm looking for something on Dove soap, um, am I finding stuff on Dove chocolate or Dove soap? And then lastly, there's the company's infrastructure in terms of what the technology can manage. And by that I mean how, you know. When they build their technology, how can they deal with all the data? How do they plug into other technologies? How do they plug into other tools? How do they plug into other applications? These are kind of the four pillars of the social listening market. And one of the things that's really gone on over the last three years is a few years ago when we first started to go to companies and really say, you know, you really need this new technology. This will really help you in your business. They were really focused on, well, can you measure this or can you measure that? And while that's really important, most people can build a new feature. The next question is, if you can measure it, well, do you have all the content? And so probably 2012, it was really highlighted by the companies that had lots of languages or potentially had all the content was, uh, were getting a lot of uh, the, the focus. What's going on now in 2013, which is the natural progression of the market, is accuracy is becoming more and more important. It doesn't mean that the first two aren't important. It's just that, okay, I can express and see that data. I have all the data, but how much data do I have to sift through to get to the real answer? And in listening, accuracy is going to be really important because, for instance, if you're like uh, a media company who's doing a live television broadcast and you want to be listening and understanding what people are saying as, as the broadcast is happening – 
if you don't have, if you can see it or you have all the data, if the data is not accurate, to understand in real time becomes extremely, extremely difficult. And when you can't, when you can't do that, your data is no good, and then listening becomes less, less valuable. Over time, as the data continues to get so large, you know, having companies that can manage all the changes in, in, in the amount of data, how the data is sliced and diced, that's going to become increasingly important. It's kind of funny. I always joke that the future state of social listening and social media, which is so immediate, is this. You know, right now we're working on our ability to understand um, everything that's going on in our business down to the second, which, by the way, I mean, you're getting to that place where you could – Actually, during a broadcast, understand moment by moment what's going on. I often joke in a few years we're going to be sitting in a command center in a company. There's going to be charts that are updating every second all over the room telling you exactly what's going on with your brand or your business. And somebody's going to stand up and go, well, after how long does this, make, does this mean anything when the change happens? So we're going to go all the way back to time zero, and then someone's going to start studying. It's going to go back the other way, and someone's going to start saying, well, after two hours and four minutes, we know when this thing changes, we better make a reaction. Right. So, you know, we're going all the way to the beginning, and then we're going to start to move all the way back out again, I'm sure. So that's kind of how I joke about it over time. It's fascinating, and, and one of the key things I think is that, you know, as we as we get a, a, used to having some of these features and capabilities, we can never go back. Like you said, first we wanted just to getting the features, then we want to make sure we have the content. So we keep adding on to a, what's what's considered a requirement, and and therefore the data gets more complex and the and the capabilities become more complex as well. Mm-hmm. So what do you see when companies are trying to deal with, as you said, the social media world is just changing second by second or even nanosecond by nanosecond. What are some of the things that you see companies dealing with during this, this kind of tumultuous time? Yeah, it's kind of funny, you know, one of the, you know, it's like, it's like when, when, if you're a realtor and you're going, and you're, you know, people are going to buy a house with you, you've seen all the houses and after a while things start to look similar and you kind of get a sense. That's starting to go on in this, in this market too. You know, we deal with lots of companies and I deal with lots of companies that are at different stages of their development in their social media programs, but probably some of the common themes are there are use cases that people have to deal with every day in order to listen better and understand what their consumers are saying or understand what people are saying about their brand, a category, you know, a, a trend, it doesn't matter. So it comes down to use cases. For example, you know, from business to business, people have different forms of, quote, crisis going on. For, you know, restaurants, it could be that someone got E. coli. For brands, it could be that people are worried about uh, modified foods. It doesn't make a difference. Everybody has um, a crisis or issues they want to look at. In addition, Everyone's marketing, so everybody has campaigns they want to watch. How effective is that campaign? So some of the traditional uh, modalities to do that involve longer lead times and much more narrow focus. What's really wonderful now is, for instance, in a campaign, when someone does something like a Super Bowl ad, you can actually look and understand the response to it by the time Super Bowl is over. And it really begin to understand the effectiveness of that particular campaign. There's a lot of questions about, you know, how do you quantify it? How does it link to sales? I think as we talked about in, you know, in the last question you asked me, that's still a developing part of the game. What's the ROI on this social media? Can I quantify it? But no one can argue with the fact that over the last three to four years, many companies have been blindsided and caught off guard by their activities, by the response in social media. 
right? There are examples of brands like in 2010, I always remember this, um, the Gap changed its logo. And oh, yeah. after a week, they changed it back because there was such an outcry from actually it's mostly the designers right. and, the, you know, the design folks who said, you know, are you kidding me? We need to do this. It's also ironic, while they had to make the change, they were top of mind, and some would argue that it was, you know, they would say no publicity is bad publicity, right? And so in that case, you know, that's a case where social media forced the change in how they had to think about it. So there's a, there's a, lot, of, um, there's a lot of similarities in the problems people are dealing with. It's really a question of beginning to think about how you can apply the new technologies to solve those specific, specific use cases that you're dealing with from day to day. Got it. Okay, that makes sense. So tell me, what are the mistakes that, that people make when they're thinking about social media and the change it represents for their business? Right. Well, there's really a few of them. The, the first one I would say is, you know, everyone when you go in, they, they, you know, a lot of people are very convergent, and the first thing they say is, okay, I, my company is about Brand X. Tell me everything I can about Brand X. Right. So they get too focused on, um, on kind of the tactical things you can do as opposed to in some cases a strategic one. If you're just listening for your brand, and one of our customers says this, you know, you're missing the richness of what else is going on. So the first mistake is they're too narrow. Instead of looking at a hierarchy, for instance, if you're looking at, um, if you're looking at the iPhone, instead of just looking at the brand iPhone, why wouldn't you look at um, you know, communication first, then cellular phones, then the iPhone? Then the iPhone and all its competitors. Then the iPhone down a level lower in its campaign. So that's the first mistake. The second mistake is everybody thinks they're buying a tool, and there's, there's a, a blog post I wrote on Social Media Explorer called Tools, Process, and Culture, Oh My. And what that blog post was about is, and, and, and frankly, you know, I may be working in social media, but most of my career it's been about getting large companies to, to adopt and do new things. The first step is buying the tool. There's two other parts to this that are incredibly important. There's what's my process to apply those tools, and lastly, how will my culture absorb the change that's being presented to me, right? So another mistake they make is they spend all their time trying to get the perfect solution, forgetting that they need to apply that solution and ultimately get their own company or culture to adopt that solution and the data that comes out of it. So, for instance, in the last two years, I've gone to many conferences, I stood in front of folks, and I asked the first question, how many of you trust social media as a data source? You know, this is about the pull market. Usually I get at most 5 to 10% of the hands in the room go up. Right. Then I talk for a while, and then I ask a second question. Okay, how many of you, when you're buying a new appliance, buying a new electronic, going to a restaurant, or making a decision, go to the web first to decide what you're going to do? then everybody's hands go up. Right. So, you know, when you talk about tools, process, and culture, this is really getting what I call the cultural conundrum. In our personal lives, we use social media to make tons of decisions. But in our corporate lives, we haven't been given permission by our leadership to do that. And so there's a real resistance and a slow change in adoption by most businesses to embrace the idea that social data can really help the company thrive and, and grow. Because they see it as foreign, they can't quantify the ROI, Yet everybody's being affected by it because that's where consumers go. That's where consumers voice their issues. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Excellent. So, so tell us, and this is fascinating. We could talk all day here, Malcolm. I, I just love hearing about this. It's, it's great to talk to an evangelist because you're always passionate about what you're talking <laughs> about. But can you give us just a little bit of advice? Uh, what would you tell companies as they're purchasing the software they need to build their programs? Is there one piece of advice you can give them to kind of mm -hmm. um, get them on the right track? 
Yeah, I think I just touched on a lot of those pieces. Again, you know, you're out there buying. I mean, number one is, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, sometimes people are uh, very uh, cautious about it. I would say experiment. You have to do experiments with different systems. You have to have people um, let them show you what it's capable of doing. Number two, I think you need to think holistically about, you know, no one solution fits all. For instance, I often talk about social in kind of three pieces, right? The company I work at, we listen to the crowd, everybody, every Everything anyone's saying, I can help you understand it. Then there's kind of like my crowd external. So companies like Jive and Lithium that do, uh, you know, do CRM systems are really helping you tap into the people that care about what you're talking about, your crowd. And then there's also my crowd internal. So there's external, which I just described. Right. And then there's internal. And that's like how do you use social tools to even get the most out of your own people? But still, at the end of the day, it comes back to what I said. You know, you're buying a tool. What's the process you're going to employ? You know, how are you going to bring people together to define a methodology by which you're really going to um, express and explore what's possible with whatever system you buy? And then lastly, culture. Everybody underestimates it's important. I talk about it in the last question you asked, but just to highlight it more and more, you know, we all believe what we know what's right. We all believe we know what the right way is. We all have different concepts. We're all trying to agree on what approaches we take to get those concepts implemented. It's no different with new things like social media. Your culture is probably the number one killer of opportunity. Because most organizations um, have a way they like to do things. And what's going on in the social media world is a huge change for them. And I know there's plenty of people that might listen to this, and they're probably nodding because this has been my, pretty much my whole career, which is helping a culture understand what it's about and how to begin to successfully integrate the processes that allow new tools to bring value. So, again, I would come back to tools, process, and culture. is a huge part of when you're buying. Don't get stuck on just the purchase or how much it is. Think about how much waste there's going to be as you build your process and how much effort it's going to take to get your culture on board. That's fantastic and, and very, very helpful. So I want to thank Malcolm again for being here. We've been talking with Malcolm DeLeo, who is the Chief Evangelist at NetBay Solutions. Malcolm, thank you so much for being here with us today. It's my pleasure. I enjoyed talking to you about it. Thank you very much. Great. This is Linda Popke. Until next time, uh, thank you for listening to Marketing Thought Leadership. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Marketing Thought Leadership, brought to you by Leverage 2 Market Associates. If you'd like to find out how powerful marketing results can transform your organization, Contact us at www.leverage2market.com.